Are you ready to make 2017 the year you transform your life? You can wait for something to happen, or you're actually going to decide to go, go home after this weekend to do something about that. We all know that we have a very, very limited amount of time on this earth. So let's not have repeated years. Live your own life. Make the choice, make the decision for your own life. Fear is where you develop courage. There's a moment going, holy crap, all right, I'm gonna do this now. The Wellness Breakthrough is coming. And so you actually have that choice every single morning, every single day, every single moment to decide whether you're gonna live it to the fullest or not. Join myself, Marcus Pierce, and the Wellness Guys, Damien Christoph, Lawrence Tam, and Brett Hill for two nights and three days of transformation at the Country Place. Ten acres of breathtaking rainforest in the Dandenong Ranges of Victoria, February 17th to 19th. It's each and every single one of you are going to support each other in your journey, whatever that journey is. Couples discounts available, limited spots remaining for all information and to watch the spine-chilling video, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab. everybody and welcome to a quirky journey for 2017 woohoo hi hey, hello hello <laughs> how you doing good are you ready for this crazy new year uh no not quite ready for it yet i think oh. there should be a gap here between like the end <laughs> of a year and a new year like there should be a year off for everyone this i think that's a really good idea and you can just have a complete veg out year yes but we, we don't give it a number like no. we don't so what we and do you don't is actually say, get a year older no no no, no. it's, it's just three yeah 365 56 65 days <laughs> and uh <laughs> let's make it 356 this one so it's not it's not too long and then what we, we end up doing is we, we just like no one records anything uh, we cancel money, we cancel, like, every, everything just keeps going as it is, but it's just stress-free for everyone. And then, <laughs> then 2017 comes in, and then we can sort of go, ah, oh, oh, I'm ready for it. That's right. Otherwise, we, I don't think anyone's going to be ready for it. No, this 2017. So. Wow. <laughs> it's a big year, Joe. It's going to be a big year for us. Yeah. Yahoo! The book's coming out in March. Can't wait. <laughs> oh, man. That, that's been like, you know, when people say, like, you don't know what it's like to be pregnant, I'll be able to say you yes. Do yes, now. I do. <laughs> yeah. Having a book, baby. <laughs> Hopefully it won't need as many sleepless uh, nights. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's fine. But, uh, yeah, we've, we've, no we've, we're having like a couple of months where we're keeping it very quiet in preparation for March, aren't we? Yeah, trying yeah. to. Well, just uh, keep you guys updated. We've uh, sent the book in for printing. Um, it's about to get on the on the line, basically to start printing within on a few press. days. Yeah, yeah, get pressed. And um, I've had some proofs sent over. 
Uh, they're not in full, like the full, beautiful, um, bound book yet, but it looks fantastic as it mm-hmm. does um, now even. And um, the feedback from the people that we've shown has been extremely positive. Uh, everyone who's seen it has loved it. We've shared a few recipes around and the feedback's been great as well. Um, we've had a lot of... Um, People saying like it's been very hard for them to find a book that's so much in line with their way of eating mm-hmm. and uh, doesn't include any of the rubbish that's you know usually in, yeah, usually. in some, some cookbooks and or isn't uh, prohibitive or difficult to make as in other cookbooks that try to be healthy. So this one, because we've done the recipes based on the stuff that we cook at home, I think um, yeah. that's going to, yeah, you guys are going to love it. So one, really, really cool. One thing we always hear at classes is that people want, people who are trying to eat healthy want the food to be um, just basic ingredients that they can get at a grocery store or at the markets or, you know, um, I've had people email me and say, um, are you sure that the ingredients are going to be easy to find? Because I live in a country town. I'm like, hey, I live in a town of 1,000 people and I can get the ingredients here. You'll be fine. <laughs> so um, probably the only one that's a bit difficult to find might be pomegranate molasses, but that's that's a pretty, you know, you can, you can, it's only used like yeah. once or twice. Yeah, you can use balsamic vinegar or yeah. something like that. You know, it's not it's not like one of those ingredients that you can't, you but just can't use. I that's think right. uh, it doesn't yeah. have lots of weird ingredients. So yeah. yeah, I think that people find that quite comforting. But this food is still amazing. That's right. Yeah, yes. you can we can take uh, a cauliflower and turn it into a thousand different dishes. <laughs> not that's just just uh, a reference to a. Uh, <laughs> This article that I was reading about oh, yeah, the 2017 yeah. food trends. Job. Oh yeah, come on, let's talk about food trends for this year. Ah, fantastic! Yeah, so um, you know, every year that comes, people are going to start talking about what's going to be trendy for the year. And there's this uh, website called Eater.com that yeah. had sort of uh, put together all the food trends from all the websites that have predicted something. So it has something like 87 or oh. how much is it? Yeah. Wow. The 81, 81 food trends predicted for 2017. <laughs> so I was reading through it and I thought, hey, that, that would be cool. Or um, other stuff that, um, you know, I, I thought there were already food trends, but I thought it would be fun to, to have a chat. Um, yeah, so yeah, tell us so. what it says about cauliflower. Oh, it says it's going to be a food trend. You know? <laughs> Our book is going to be so trendy yeah. then. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly right. don't worry, it's not all cauliflower. <laughs> but I have to laugh because um, those of us who eat this way have been eating cauliflower rice and cauliflower mash and cauliflower pizza for a while now. Yeah, absolutely. And what else? Um, yeah. What else have we been making with cauliflower? Some people have made sweet things with it too. I'm trying to think. Yes. I haven't. I, I've made a, a bread with cauliflower. Which oh, I've me sort too. Of eaten. Yeah, like, oh, so good. But it's good, like, I, and then I pan fry it. What I did, like, this was me, like, really trying to have a bit of a treat. So I had, like, this cauliflower dough, and I put in, like, uh, coconut sugar, and I fried the whole thing in butter. <laughs> and then it was just, like, cr- it's like kind of fried bread, but was it sweet. Good? And, uh, uh, yeah, and it had cinnamon in it. Oh, what God, else is sweet. in there besides cauliflower? Um, it's basically my. Uh, 
my potato bread recipe too, which will yeah. be in the book. Yeah. But uh, instead of potatoes, I've used cauliflower, oh. and that, yeah, which which worked really well. I was pretty happy because it sort of brings down the glycemic load and the starch content mm. of the dish. It's not it's not as great as potatoes. Yeah. Um, but surprisingly, you can't taste the cauliflower, wow. and um, yeah, and and just has that nice body, which uh, which is often lacking in uh, gluten free flours and breads. Yeah. And so that is pretty funny um yeah seeing that it's going to be a trend in the new year as if it's not been already but anyway <laughs> well, well today today defense that website eater has a photo of three different types of cauliflower like a green one and a ah, purple one yes. and a white one so i don't know whether they're saying you know that we're going to see more variety of cauliflower well, that would be nice i i love those different varieties yeah it would be like how cool would be like you know, purple cauliflower rice. That's right. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Which, which is another food trend, apparently. Purple food is going to be a food trend in 2017. Oh, and we've already done that in the book, too. Yeah, purple sweet potato. And, and beetroot and purple cake. Um, yeah, but like purple is one of those things that uh, people quite often take as a as a sign of the food being very high in antioxidants. Yeah. So some yeah, acai berry or whatever. Like yeah. when you see something that's purple, you go. It's usually an indicator mm. of uh, high antioxidants. Which, we we uh, also have a purple power smoothie in the book. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and a purple hummus. Yes, well, it's You are colorblind, yeah. So it's pink, guys. It's not purple. <laughs> um, there's a good one, which is the first one actually is adaptogen supplements, which is um, this is um, this will be cool to see. But like uh, from what I know about adaptogens, there there's a couple of um, medicinal mushrooms called oh, yeah. uh, reishi and chaga, mm-hmm. and um, these. Unfortunately, like I've never seen a, a chaga grow in Australia. They grow on birch trees in mm-hmm. uh, Europe and North America, and uh, the way they've got this incredible ability, like they um, they upregulate your immune system in a in a way. Like so, if it's hyperactive, it brings it down, and if it's uh, quite low, it brings it up. It wow. sort of um, regulates the immune system, so it creates this. It has a a really beautiful leveling effect on your body rather than like quite often like let's say uh, ephedra which is an illegal plant in australia it was made illegal back in the day but herbalists and nutritionists around australia used to use that all the time before it was made illegal Mm -hmm. to help uh, people and like it it gave you like a lot of energy and um because um it it, it had one way of acting it it brought you up you know like Mm -hmm. helped you feel feel um, but those of us who have like a hyperactive immune system, mm. um, you know, you can't use something like uh, yeah, that will, will like, work on your immune system in that way. You want to bring it down. But um, So you'd go with different uh, herbal supplements. But with this one, it just works both ways, which wow. is really amazing. Yeah. Is um, that like the mushroom powder that you take like from a naturopath? Like I know I I have some that when I was really sick my naturopath got me to take for like colds and things once. Yeah, well, is that the same kind of thing they, or different. Well, they have, it, has, it depends on what the mushroom ah, is. Okay. Uh, but um, probably wouldn't be because from what I know about these things, I've looked into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, uh, I like mushrooms a lot because mm. this this 
you know, so much uh, to be discovered yet about mushrooms, and uh, mm. they, they do the most amazing things. But I, I think um, for that to be uh, an adaptogen, you have to do a double extraction, they call yeah. it. So uh, the first one is you have to sort of put it in um, like a, a high-proof alcohol mm-hmm. for something like a month until it extracts a certain type of compounds from it. And then you have to take the, the woody bits again out of the alcohol, put it in water, and then boil it. And then that extracts a, a second type of oh. uh, compound that otherwise wouldn't be available. You know, like the, So the powder doesn't uh, allow you access to all mm. the compound. Okay. So it has, to ha- it has to be that kind of form oh, where it's uh, activated. Yeah, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, in Australia, I haven't seen chaga, and uh, you can buy it off places like iHerb.com or whatever. And it comes in like it's expensive, and it comes in small capsule form. Mm-hmm. And um, this is not really a sustainable supply for someone to be in Australia. And, uh, so you know, you ideally want to be able to source these things yourselves. But I have seen a white reishi, uh, which is. Uh, like the Chinese call it, I think, mm. the immortality mushroom or something like that. And that's, uh, I've seen that in the wild in yeah, Australia. Yeah, I remember you sent me a photo of that. Yeah, so yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I I don't know well enough to tell you about like where to find it, but that's pretty, that would be cool if we can start seeing an industry in Australia mm. about this stuff. Yeah. Cool. All right, Joe, go next one. Which one? Oh, um, I haven't actually got it open, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I'll send you the link. Okay. All right. Um, so uh, w- one thing here is saying that beef is going to be a, a, a food trend uh-huh. and brisket, which is cool because like, I, did, I made a three-day cooked brisket over oh. the, yeah, the, the new year, which was amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And... Um, yeah, brisket is one of those secondary cuts that um, doesn't really cost much. And it's funny because like butchers tell you that it's all about um, demand and supply, really, because something like pork belly, maybe 10 years ago, no one was buying mm. it and it was so cheap. And now like, <laughs> pork belly is something like $30 a kilo or something. Oh, like I have a story about that. But go on tell about me. brisket first because oh. I'm interested in brisket because my parents being from Texas, we were. it's very much a, a big thing in Texas, the barbecue brisket. How did yeah. you make your three-day brisket? Okay, so um, the I did I did two types. I did one that was sous vide, so it was mm-hmm. cooked um, in um, a sous vide machine. I have a machine called the Enova, uh, which I used to use at the restaurant and can keep things at a very steady temperature. So I uh, chose it at fifty-five degrees and I cooked that for, at fifty-five degrees for three days, mm-hmm. and then I and I cooked it in the barbecue. And then um, I have the other bit that uh, I, I found a massive brisket at a friend's, uh, so I, I cooked it at a friend's barbecue, but I found this massive brisket at uh, Feather and Bone, which is an incredible butcher in Sydney. Mm-hmm. They source, like, it was a, something like a six-week dry-aged, uh, grass-fed Wagyu beef brisket, and wow. it was, yeah, and it was really affordable. It wow. Was really, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah, and I was... 
I couldn't believe it. And it had all this beautiful fat and marbling, which is exactly what I want when I mm. buy meat. And um, that, we cooked it for around eight hours in this, you know, he has a massive smoker. It's, yeah. one, it's one of the ones that you see, you know, people open restaurants with. And, um, yeah, we had that in the smoker with a few other things as well. And that cooked for hours and hours. And, um, yeah, fully smoked. Um, just, oh, it was I incredible. that was good. Yeah. So, and I just ate that with a little bit of uh, lemon because it's quite fatty. It needs yeah. something. Yeah. When you have a lot of fat and smoke, you need a little bit of lemon with it. So That's that was great, really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I popped into my butch, my local butchers today, and um, we have a new. Um, well, it's they've been working on it for a while, but we have local grass-fed organic beef now here, and wow. um, it's just like they've only been going for a few months and it's the most amazing beef and every time I go into the butchers he's so excited about it he's like come come into the come into the cold room come and have a look I'm like are you showed me last time he's going yeah but you've got to look at this lot I'm like I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking to myself I'm not a butcher I don't know what yeah. to look for and he's going see look at this look at the marbling look at this I'm like that's great well, that's, that's your butcher to learn <laughs> that's right uh, he yeah, was yeah, so yeah. excited today he had to show me but it Oh, it's, it's, if anyone lives up on the Atherton Tablelands in far north Queensland, you've got to get John Bull farming beef from the Lander Butchers. It's the best. So uh, I've been, um, I've already been through a quarter of, well, I did share it around and I had a lot of visitors. Quarter of a what? Of a beast. No. <laughs> that was over a couple of few months, but yeah, I, I did uh. share it with a friend. Um, but it, it cuts down the cost so much. It's like $12 a kilo for organic grass fed beef. <laughs> Awesome. I got I got some buffalo from my friend um, who lives up north from here, near Foster, and she grows these grass-fed buffalo, and oh, wow. she also does the most amazing buffalo cheese. And that that yeah, it's it's sensational when you get like a really oh. well looked after animal, and and um, yeah, it makes uh, all the difference. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, but talking about pork belly, I really think yeah. it should be on the list. I know it's already been a trend, but I just proved yesterday that it's still a trend <laughs> I saw it, tell us well, I, I um, we also have these amazing um, local pig farmers that are they have their free range pastured pigs and and their um, pork is just beautiful and I got a pork belly from him and um, I decided to what I often do when we were on early gaps what I would do is simmer them slowly until they were just completely soft and the fat just melts in your mouth and I'd have a lot of veggies in there and stuff and I thought I was in a rush and I just chucked it in a pot, covered it in water and left it to simmer for like three hours. And then um, it was still a few hours till dinner and so I thought, oh, I let it cool down and put it in the fridge in the broth. And then when I when it was like an hour or so away from dinner, I took it out and put it in a, a tray and chucked it in the oven. Oh, sorry, I covered the, the skin with um, olive oil and rubbed salt in and it was already scored. And I put a little bit of the broth in the bottom of the tray to keep it moist because the meat was just beautiful. It was really soft. And yeah. popped it in the oven and cooked it for about 45 minutes. And then I thought, oh, this skin's just not I – don't, I don't really know what I'm doing with pork belly because I'm so used to doing it the gaps way. So I thought, well, I'm going to stick it in the frying pan skin side down and see what happens. And I put ghee in my big cast iron pan and um, just like seared it on, on the skin side in the ghee. High, high heat? Low high heat. heat. Oh, yeah, pretty high heat. Yeah. and um, a good 10 minutes or so, and honestly, it turned out like glass. It was 
just amazing, really crackly, and the meat was so soft from being slow cooked. And then I had the pork broth left, um, which had simmered down, so it was really tasty, and I, I uh, made cauliflower mash with the pork broth um, with extra butter and garlic and leek and oh, wow. so good. So now I have to recreate it because I put a picture on Facebook and it went ballistic and everyone wants the recipe. <laughs> so I'm going to make it again and see if I can do it. Oh, Write it down. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to eat it twice in one week. Come on, guys. <laughs> so I had to go back to the butchers today and get some more pork belly. <laughs> but we've got a visitor coming, so I have an excuse to make it. So. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'm going to give it a shot the way that you do. I do it differently, but yours, yours sounds like it would create a, a different result, like with the meat being that soft. So yeah, it was I'll just give, so I'll lovely. I will report back yes, as do. well. And you can, you can help me develop it to perfection, the recipe, and then we'll get it up yeah. on the blog and share it. Perfect. <laughs> uh, a, a lot of people worry about like um, cooking uh, pork skin. Like they, yeah. they think it needs to be really dry so that it crackles. But it's actually the opposite. Like ah. you have to cook it first. You have to uh, make it a little bit gelatinous before yes. it does crackle. Well, so that's, that maybe that's the secret because it was really gelatinous. It was beautiful. Yeah. I had to sneak a few bites before I cooked it because I love it soft like that. Yeah, it is delicious too. Mm. Uh, delicious both, both ways. ways. Yeah. Yeah, ah, oh, a bit of a like I don't know, like a sweet maple glaze or something. Oh, uh, okay, we need to, uh, uh, need well, to share ideas. I'm not, yeah, I'm not eating refined like sugar at the moment. No, so, neither am I. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so, we'll well, let's just eat, eat the pork belly. Yeah, and keep it at that. Well, the, the pork belly was my effort at helping myself to um, say, okay, no more sugar now. That the Christmas period is over, get back to savory food you know, and keep the sugars and starches low. And so I was rewarding myself with pork belly. <laughs> yeah, it's a good reward. I think so. Yeah, it's so. like chocolate. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, I think pork belly is the new chocolate. <laughs> you're right, but I think also not, it's not on that list because you're the trendsetter. You're ah, the one who's going to. That's what it is. Although I kind of think pork belly's already been a trend, so yeah. I probably just missed the boat and I'm only getting onto it late. <laughs> I think it's good. Yeah, it's uh, you know, caught on now. No, no one's going to be able to undo the pork belly trend. People know. <laughs> that's true. Hey, Joe, what do you think about number 11, casual family dinners as a trend? <laughs> oh, wow. We're so trendy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that should that should what, be something, shouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what are family dinners if they're not casual? I don't understand. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well. Maybe some people <laughs> maybe some people have gourmet family dinners. Every night though. Every night. Like, that, that but it's not insane. not anyone that I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely not. Hey, but um here, here's a good one. Uh charcuterie. And this is something what that is I'd that? love to see as well. Charcuterie is, um, you know, like um, prosciuttos and hams oh, yes. and salamis and things like that. And um, it's quite hard to find preservative-free uh, yeah. and uh, pastured uh, charcuterie. So that would be a cool trend to see. Like if someone starts making these amazing yeah. meats that are just like, you know, like we've we seen, seen some, bacon. Yeah, like, I have seen some um, locally again from far north Queensland, and they had the chorizo sausage, and they had the prosciutto. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Probably not. Yeah, doing well. <laughs> That's fine. It's all right. Um, but I can't find it now, so I hope it's not, you know, yeah. disappeared. But it was so good. But the thing is that you can pay like ten bucks for one chorizo. 
Yeah, well, that, yeah, that, but, it is expensive. But yeah. you just, um, you know, if you slice it thin and put it through a dish, it does make so much flavour that you can get away with one or two, you know, in a yeah. big part. Yeah. And for the first few days when you buy it, you can just smell it instead of That's eating right. it. Like, That's yeah, right. That's right. You just, can prolong the life <laughs> <laughs> It shouldn't be that expensive, I don't think. I mean, of course, the meat itself is expensive to buy, and then it's got all that time and labour that yeah. goes into it. Um, but I, I still think, like... They should be able to make it more affordable. Doing it, that's what. Yeah, yeah, like you know, using that's that's one good use of industrialization. You know, like Mm -hmm. having machinery that will be able to to process that stuff would be great. You know, rather than having to do it by hand and bring the cost up. But I don't know. That's just me dreaming of having like unlimited amounts (laughs) of you know sulfate-free charcuterie. That would be cool. It would be cool. Hey, um, how about savory yogurt? What do you reckon? Is that did you see that? I did see something. Trend for, for this year, hipster trend, savory yogurt. So it's got like yeah. turmeric in it, um, vegetables. Let's see, what else? Um, uh, Is that what they say? Um, You've clicked on the link to see what yeah, they're Yeah, I'm checking what's, what's in it. There's some that have um, – there's a picture here with a bowl that looks like a – you know, like you have yogurt with all the, or like a smoothie bowl with all the pretty things, but it's savory and it's got avocado and stuff. Is that a bit like a Buddha bowl? Is that what they call it? Yes, they do call it a Buddha bowl. Yes. I call it a, I mean, in our house it's called a burger bowl because we stick a burger in <laughs> and all yeah. the avocado and tomatoes and, you know, all the bits and pieces. And oh, yeah, I don't know why out. they call it like a, a Buddha bowl. Yeah. Oh, hey, cool. Hey, no, they've got a picture of uh, Cook for Syria, which is... Yeah, that's that's. Uh, Is that a good book? My friend wrote really? like she organized. Yeah, yeah. That's, oh, that's cool. It's a, yeah, there's a good book. It's a cook for Celia recipe book. Um, she wrote it. I think I think that's the one. Um, but yeah, it is called the Buddha Bowl. I'm not sure why. Well, they're supposed to be trendy for the new year as well. Yeah, I think like they called Buddha bowls, but like Buddha, from what I know, ate like a bowl of rice. Yeah, I was right? thinking that, and probably yeah. vegetarian. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, it is a vegetarian thing. Oh, like, oh, oh, okay. And that's why yeah. I don't call mine a Buddha bowl. Yeah. Mine's a burger bowl. Yeah, yeah. Very good. <laughs> or a so, burrito bowl. Those are nice too. on a GAPS diet. No, he wasn't. He, he was doing... He probably had fasting. a nice healthy gut, so he didn't need the GAPS diet. Yes. He, uh, agreed. Agreed. 100%. <laughs> All right. So what, what else? I've uh, seen some few... Good ones. Hey, sorghum. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, have you used that before? That's yeah. a trend. Yeah. Um, in my first cookbook, there's sorghum in the gluten-free artisan bread, and it makes it so good. It's just a really lovely texture for gluten-free cooking. What does it do? Um, you just use it like flour, but only a small amount in the whole blend. Right. Um, I have to. I have to look it up again. What what it actually does, but it is a. It, it's really good in a gluten-free blend. Um, it just made the, – the actual artisan bread recipe that I've got in my book is, um, you know, it's kind of that chewy but soft kind of bread. Um, like nice. a, does it give it like a bit of flexibility? Yes, in the, it does. Oh, no. Like you don't have um, that crumbly yeah, end result. Yeah. Yeah. But if you – it does have other things in there that help with that as well. It's a lovely flavor. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think I've had it in like 
gluten-free flour mixes, mm. but I've never had it on its own. Like, it's one of those things that I'd like to sort of just to try it on. Yeah. I know it won't do anything, like because you need some other stuff to bring it together and make it like gluten. But um, um, I made a gluten-free bread the other day and I used the. Oh, a, it looks so amazing! Yeah. Has it got salt I, in it? Yeah, the, well, I, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to create one that is completely not free. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started off by using a store bought gluten free flour mix, mm-hmm. just and some other stuff as well in it that I, I know improve the uh, texture of bread. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the one that I bought had sorghum in it. Um, but yeah, I'll, I might give it a shot. I might just buy some sorghum and see well, what I'd it does. Well, I'd be interested to cook it like a grain, you know, like um, like rice. They say oh, yeah. that it's a lot like couscous or like a bit bigger. Let me see what it looks like. Well, um, what's, what's the other one? There's, there's an amaranth, I think. Mm, Have you seen that one? Yeah, I've used that yeah. too, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's lovely and tiny. Mm. That's really... Yeah, it's yeah. good in, um, in like about a quarter of the flour mix in a, in a bread, like a gluten-free bread can be something like that because they're, they're a higher protein grain, so you can't overdo it. Grain, okay. sorry, seed, not okay. grain. Okay, okay. Right, ancient. Cool. They call it a. They kind of call it a grain, don't they? But it's not really. Um, I don't know. It, pro- it probably seed. is. It's a grass yeah. seed. Grass seed. Yeah. Yeah. But so so is wheat. Yeah. So. Okay. Um. All right. There's sous-vide. one that's number sixty-nine. That's yeah. a good yeah, trend. I don't know uh, anything about sous vide, so you can explain it. <laughs> well, I, I, I want to talk about this because it's one of those things which I sort of uh, I I love it, but I also like I'm worried about it at the yeah. same time. So I just want to bring it up because um, what sous vide is, it, it's a French word which means under pressure or under under void or, you know, so uh, what it does is you put your meat or vegetables in a vacuum bag. Uh, it's usually always made of plastic, mm. uh, food-grade plastic, and you get the air out and you seal the bag and then you put it in a water bath and you put a machine in that circulates the water at a certain temperature and um, what you're after something say with something like meat there's different cuts of meat will cook at different temperatures but you're after sort of breaking down all the collagen but without taking out the moisture that's in the meat Um, so then you retain this beautiful texture in the meat it cooks through all the way at like medium rare or medium or whatever it is that you like but then you take it out of the bag and you you can sear it to give it a bit more color. You can have, you could have seared it before you started. Oh, okay. And um, and then um, basically you you'll have the best steak you've ever had. You know, it's yeah. just really really great. Um, but the problem is, uh, they they do say that the plastic will leach estrogen into the food, mm. and uh, a lot of people who have sort of. Uh, looked into into this would say like it's the temperatures are too low to really worry about that the plastic isn't actually being heated up to such a high extent that it will leach estrogen into the food uh, of course if the, the plastic has to be bpa free anyway uh, so like if you're doing sous vide you should have a bpa free plastic but um if you're worried about estrogen going into your bloodstream there's something to worry about so mm. I, I brought these silicon bags um which i'm going to test out they're on their way so i'll, I'll report back um and silicon is uh, like a natural material that uh, is not 
toxic for us. So I'll hopefully see how it goes and I'll let you guys know. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. Yeah. Um, a, the machine that I use is called Anova, A-N-O-V-A. I think they've got like a New Year special. Um, I'm not affiliated with Anova in any way, but uh, I really like the machine. You can use your phone to control it. Um, it's got an app for it. Yeah, it's like cool. Wi-Fi enabled. Really cool. Yeah. That's very cool. It's very, yeah. Cool. There's, um, there's one here that I think is great, flexitarian dieting. So basically, you know, people are starting to realize that, you know, sometimes you just have to tweak the diets um, and the food trends to suit your actual body. (laughs) Well, flexitarian is is like a a vegetarian with with, with the occasional meat. That's the, like the official kind of definition. Okay, that's the official, because some, um, like they say, you know, for a while it's been really trendy to go full bore on one Yes. You know, like paleo or um, vegetarian or vegan and, and you can't stray off the path or you get beaten up by yeah. the others. And um, I just love that people are starting to realize, well, you know what, you you use the parts of those diets that suit your body and, um, you know, work out what works. And it's not going to, like we've talked about this so many times, that for a while you might have to be really strict to heal, but then you can start to be more flexible and you'll start to realize that, at different seasons of life, different things will suit your body better. And, right. um, yeah, both of us have, you know, changed um, over the years with the way that we eat and have sort of found different things that suit and different seasons you change how you eat, like you were talking about today um, with the mangoes. Do you want to mention yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, um, I usually try to stay away from fruit um, because I still have a little bit of, you know, a problem controlling my blood sugar after years of being obese and um, insulin resistant. Um, And um, I find that I can go very easily on sugar binge cycles. Like Mm. the the second I start eating sweet things, they'll start. I start craving more, which which is a mechanism I totally understand why that it is in me. It's both you know at the microbiome level with the bacteria that I have, and also hormonal level with insulin rising and going down, and the blood sugar is fluctuating. So um, I try to stay away from it. But like over the past few years, I've been uh, like. I love mango. Like for me, mango is sort of like the the best fruit. Mm. Like if you have a really perfect mango, there's nothing yeah. better. And, On a hot uh, day. Yeah, and um, uh, Lainey walked into the, the kitchen and she saw me eating a mango. And she's like, "You're eating a mango?" <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm eating a mango." She's like, "You know, are, are you sure?" <laughs> I'm like, I'm just, I just want to have a mango. I'm like, they're in season now. I just want to have a mango. <laughs> She's like, no, no, it's, it's fine. You know, just just be careful. You know, like, I know it impacts you. And she she's right because like um, it's not fun when you have that kind of uh, blood sugar roller coaster. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like for me, I, I I consider myself like if you look at my diet, I'm not like a paleo or anything like that. I I just eat whole foods. Yeah. Um, that that's really the uh, something I I never really veer away from. That's always like ninety nine percent of my diet is whole foods. And gluten the only time, yeah, and hundred percent gluten free. Uh, but um, the gluten free is not because I'm against gluten. It's because I do have a sensitivity to it. Mm, um, very much but so. the the whole foods is um, 
the way I eat, not because I'm sensitive to the other stuff that's out there. It's just because I believe that the other stuff isn't really food. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I, if I could eat spelt, I would. Like, I would have. Why would I not? You know, like if I, uh, it's it's been a food in in our history for you know over ten thousand years. We've been eating wheat, and um, I would make it like the cornerstone of my diet. But I'd include it. I, you know, I love sandwiches. I love burgers. Mm. So if I can have that, then that would be great. But I can't, unfortunately, and um, so I, I have to uh, not eat that. And that's you know, for every person out there, if you have a food sensitivity, you have to avoid that food. Mm. But really, at the cornerstone, cornerstone of my ideology around eating and it's, it is an ideology unfortunately these days because you have to sort of make a conscious decision to eat whole foods mm. and, and um, that's that's how I'm eating now over the past you know five years that's been my way of eating it's food that is recognizable that it's come from a natural source something that yeah. I can just say yeah this is you know this is food um, and um, so in that sense I find it uh, really flexible within that realm because yeah. I can have, you know, days which are just vegetables only and other days where I can just, you know, uh, have uh, more meat than I usually would or more animal products like eggs and cheeses and things like that than I usually would. Um, but it all evens out and, and I eat seasonally and I eat uh, fresh food as much as I can. So I, I don't think that's a, a way that needs to sort of be... Um, taught to people as a diet um, mm-hmm. but it needs to be brought to people's attention like yeah. that this is a possible way of eating and that the other ways of eating uh, means that you're including um, non-food stuffs in your diet yeah. um, and once that clicks with people then they're fine I think they're good yeah. but of course the healing requires um, a stricter different, approach yeah, for th- a while th- that's yeah. Right. yeah and that's, yeah. that's what we found that once, once we got through that main you know, the two years of gaps and we were able to start to bring in, we still have to be careful, but there's there's more flexibility now than we had even before we started gaps, thankfully, you know. Now I I had so much cheese over Christmas, I must admit. We just kept making cheese platters <laughs> and um, those delicious buckwheat and almond crackers that uh, a recipe in the cookbook that Fouad made, they're just amazing. And um, so we did have a lot of that and I'll probably cut back a little bit again now that Christmas is over. Um, sweets, I had a lot more sweets than I usually would, even though they were naturally sweetened, you know, with honey or dates or whatever, they still was a lot more than I usually would have. And I found myself getting very tired. Um, yes. And when I pull back from the sugars, I don't have that problem with my energy. So, yeah, I think that's one exception for like the whole yeah. food thing is things that are like intensely sweet. Yes. Like when you have things that are intensely sweet, I think that's something you have to moderate. You have to. Yeah. And, and we, and I think this is, I know it took me a long time to really understand that because I thought I was eating healthy as long as it was a natural sweetener. It, was, it didn't really matter how much it was. But now that I've pulled back from that, I really see the difference in my health. Um, but, it, but, yeah, I was just wanting to mention all that to say, um, you know, we're not really pushing a certain diet, although I've done GAPS and I swear by it for our family. Um, it may not be right for you or you may and I think everybody who does it has to tweak it according to their own their own body Um, and that's the same with every diet really you just got to be aware that it might not be black and white it probably won't be (laughs) 
No, that's right. It's just an ongoing um, learning curve for all yeah. of us to understand our body and what it, what we should work with. So, yeah. Um, yeah, cool. I think we've covered a, a good amount of food trends, and I'm, um, I guess the takeaway for us here is to for you guys to focus on creating your own food trends for the year that mm-hmm. uh, are in line with your health goals. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm not one for setting concrete goals in my life. I, don't, I like having um, flexibility and mm-hmm. being dri- driven through, uh, you know, uh, my decision-making being being done on the spot rather than sort of over-plan my life. But mm. one of the things that is um, that I always plan for is I plan to be healthy all the time yeah. um, because that's something that you, you know you you carry mm-hmm. with you forever in your body you know like while, mm-hmm. while you have this body um, you should always plan to be healthy and you and, do have uh, to you do have to plan ahead with healthy eating you do you can't just yeah. say last minute okay what are we going to have for dinner I mean I suppose you could have meat and salad but um, yeah, well, I think as long when, as your fridge is stocked. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the problem. You know, people yeah. um, sometimes don't plan enough when it comes to food and then they end up buying the junk food because they're hungry. So yes. I think it's it's good to have some kind of plan for food, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Have a plan for your food. Make sure that you understand how you eat, how you want to be eating yeah. uh, this year. Um, if I could influence you in any way, I will push you down the track of whole foods eating and get you to get rid of all the, you know, uh, refined foods in your house, mm. get, them out, get them out and just focus on whole foods, as much vegetables and meats as you can possibly have in the house, the better for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the other stuff can go around it. Um, I had to laugh. Um, someone mentioned in the Gut Health um, Facebook group um, that they went away and, and did a house swap with some family um, over Christmas. And when they come home, came home, their family was like, you have nothing in your pantry. Like, <laughs> they opened their pantry. What They're going, why? There's rice. There's, um, you know, like dry beans. There's, and they're like, no, there's like no tins and packets. You have no food in this house. And they're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> Actually, sometimes our kids say that, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> there's no food. No, um, but, packets, though, yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. There's, there's no, there's no, nothing that you can just grab and eat straight out of a packet. You've got to actually make it. So, the only thing I have in, in in a tin, I think, in the house is uh, some coconut cream that I just keep there yes. in case I sort of need it quickly. Yeah, yeah. but I, I try. I'm trying to make my own as as often as I need it. Yeah, um, and the cans are there just in case. But like I don't, I don't really have anything in a can anymore. That's good. My my boys do keep a bit of tuna in the cupboard for when they go bushwalking yeah. and stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. 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 But, yeah that's um, a good I I did mention on Facebook the other day on the first um, the first breakfast of 2017. I took a photo of my breakfast and just randomly stuck it on Facebook because I was thinking, I was looking at it thinking, you know what. Um, it seems like a really plain, boring breakfast, just, well, you know, nothing really fancy. It was just scrambled eggs with some <laughs> – I had leftover sausages in the fridge and I chopped them up, um, heated them in the frying pan and scrambled eggs through it with some ghee and then I just um, chucked on top some herb butter out of the fridge and, um, and then on the plate was some sauerkraut <clears throat> and some fresh tomatoes. 
So that was like a really basic meal. But when I started thinking about it, I thought that really um, is kind of symbolic of my food goals for the new year. So do you want me to, can I just quickly say what they are? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so simple, sustainable and nutritious. So, I mean, what can be simpler than scrambled eggs? Um, the the eggs were gathered from our friends' chooks up the road, so they're free-range chickens with, um, you know, good feed. And another friend gave me the, the herbs out of her organic garden and I made the herb butter out of that. The sausages are organic, grass-fed, local beef, the ones that I was talking about earlier. Um, and then so supporting local farmers was another goal. And so I'm doing that using um, the veggies, eggs, and beef and pork from local farmers, um, reducing food waste. The sausages were left over from a, a New Year's Eve barbecue that we had the night before that I couldn't bear to see wasted, so I took them home and used them for breakfast. <laughs> the herbs were um, starting to wilt in my fridge, and I thought I'd better do something with those. So uh, my friend who was staying with me said, herb butter, so we made a heap of herb butter and froze some. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's, and that's a good some, idea. Yeah, yeah and gave some away to my mum who was very pleased. Um, and then another aim, another goal is real food, not food-like substances. So that's like what you were saying. So no fake yeah. stuff, no pesticides as much as possible. The, the tomatoes were um, from my neighbour's garden and she's just growing them organically. And um, then another goal is keeping it low in sugars and starches and a good balance of healthy fats, protein and carbs. And so that was all on my plate. A mixture of cooked raw and, and fermented veggies on my plate at every meal if possible. So um, I had the um, – uh, I didn't have any – Crabs. I didn't have any cooked veggies in there. I just had herbs. But <laughs> Well, sausages are like a cooked vegetable. Like they're <laughs> – the, the pork's been, you know, on Eating pasture. Yes, right, right. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, you get the idea. But I wanted to make sure that I'm not just eating only cooked vegetables. So, so also did, some did raw and the... also some fermented. Yeah. Um, and uh, then... You failed me, John. Oh, so, sorry. But, you know, yeah. this is symbolic. Symbolic. Okay. Yeah. And, and very importantly, uh, my, my last goal, which I think we sometimes miss in our um, determination to get everything right is that it would be delicious food made with love and eaten in a relaxed environment. So um, I think that that's one thing that we need to remember is that stress and food don't mix and that can actually be worse for your health, stressing out all the time and not sitting down and relaxing while you eat and um, having you know food made with love. I think that can be detrimental to your health, um, even if you are eating good food. Definitely. And um, I think another goal is to only allow yourself one photo of your food and then to go back just to your food and put your phone to that's the right, side and just that's enjoy right. your food. <laughs> and don't take a photo of everything you eat because you start right. to drive your friends crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and your children. <laughs> Mom, that's, that's stop really, taking really photos. Cool, like, that, that's really, like, that's a, a wonderful place to, to be in, in your attitude towards food and it's not something that's difficult to maintain. Yeah. The food that you're making is delicious and easy to make and um, you're buying it from local people, so like yeah. it's not really very difficult if you if you think about it. Like and and how good is it that you, you can get a plate of eggs that ticks all these boxes for yeah. you? You know, it's fantastic. Yeah. And I know a lot of people say, "Well, I can't afford organic, pesticide-free food." Really, just do the best you can. I know we can't always get organic everything, 
and I'm not perfect in that area, but but it's a goal. It's what you're working towards. You're trying to have less pesticides and more naturally grown foods. So yeah, I, working I would it. I would definitely like in in your people who say that I would encourage you to at least buy your eggs free range. Mm. Uh, That's important because we, yeah, and and um, instead of having chicken that is uh, factory farmed, yeah. buy lamb and beef instead mm-hmm. of chicken. Um, buy the small, cheaper cuts of lamb and beef if you can. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then you know put them in slow cooker or something because lamb and beef in Australia actually have uh, they have mostly big grass fed so we don't have to really worry about that in Australia as much as they do in the United States mm-hmm. <clears throat> but ch- chicken and pork do have a really awful treatment in Australia and yeah. if you're not buying you know pasture, mm. then, then you'll definitely be buying intensively raised and uh, it's best to sort of put your money uh, with the lamb and, and the beef for mm-hmm. that and then with the vegetables you can look at um, the clean 15 which yeah. is a list of vegetables that are um, lower in pesticides if you if they've been sprayed they don't retain them as much and they don't need as much spraying mm-hmm. as the dirty dozen so mm-hmm. you can look up the dirty dozen vegetables and the clean 15 vegetables on google and there's a list of them and you'll be able to have uh, better choices when you when you go and shop mm. and I, my tip is also go to the local markets and get there early <laughs> and find the um, suppliers that have pesticide free or organic produce it's quite often um, very affordable at markets um, yes. we get beautiful pesticide free food up here and we get it delivered to our door in our csa box and it's just um so then you know you're ticking two boxes you've got local and it's very fresh and it's um pesticide free so and it's not too expensive we get a big box each um week for fifty dollars fifty five dollars your box is uh the best box I've ever seen. Like yeah, I've, that's true. I've been in UCSAs <laughs> myself, and like even the most expensive boxes boxes are quite tiny. Like there's yeah. not much food in them, so big families will struggle to just go on one CSA box. You yeah. have to actually to well, do, like buy vegetables. I still have to buy vegetables as well because yeah. whatever's grown locally, um, we don't have things like carrots growing locally. Yes. Unless someone's growing them in their backyard, um, we don't have. Um, peas in the box and things like that that are kind of staples of everyday food, you know, so I do have to buy them at the grocery store. But yeah, you get a fair bit in there and it also makes you creative, which is another thing on my list for, I, for goals is to <laughs> always have something creative in each day. And I think cooking can be creative or sometimes I'll draw, um, take photos. I think it's really important to have, you know, that kind of thing in your day as well. It just makes Definitely. it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's good for your brain and your soul. <laughs> <laughs> cool, Joe. I think we'll uh, we'll leave it at that yes. and say goodbye to, to the listeners. And uh, it was great catching up with you. Yes. We'll start bringing uh, guests back on the show uh, yep. for the next one. Uh, mm-hmm. Looking forward to a really good list of people coming and visiting this year. Yeah. If you have any recommendations to us, please also email help at quirkycooking.com.au with the details, and then we'll uh, uh, be able to get in touch with the people that you recommend if they fit in with the show um, if there are any topics that you want us to cover also let us know we'd love to hear it yeah we'd love to hear from you so um, we better let Fuad go because he's off camping so you've got to go pack <laughs> 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 woohoo <laughs>
I've been waiting for this day for a year almost. <laughs> I can't tell you. I'm so excited. Oh, that's good. good. That's good. Yeah. Well, I hope you have fun. Thank you. And uh, if I don't come back, you know, I love you, you guys. You better come back. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to come back by March fun. at least? It might be a lot of fun. We'll come back for March oh. because, you know, okay. the book. So. Right, I'll come, come back for the book launch. Okay, good. Awesome. All right, Jojo. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Bye, everybody. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.